This Sunday, you know, some people will say, all right, well, look, 40 days are 40 days of Lent um, without the Sundays, so you can kind of feast on Sundays. Well, I don't know about that. I mean, we don't really do the Gloria on Sundays. We still wear purple on Sundays. I'm not so wild about that idea, but today we are wearing pink. This is a little bit more of a festival day. Even Father Champagne is, is eating cake today, so if he's doing that, I think you guys can relax too, so... The other thing, too, that, that I want to point out before I begin is one of the first lessons they taught me in homiletics was that every time there's a long gospel, it means you need to preach a short homily. <laughs> I can't promise anything, but I'll do my best. Several years ago, I had a Canadian spiritual director. And for our first spiritual direction session, he looked at me and he opened up with this line. What have you and God been up to? What have you and God been up to? Now, I was totally dumbfounded. Because at the time, I was a seminarian. I'd been in seminary for three years. And I knew that, you know, God is involved in my life. I mean, he's God. But I also was very, like, worried because I never spoke as if God was involved in my life. I, unless I was telling my vocation story, my day-to-day life was all about my actions, my doing, my, my stuff, my business. As far as, my, as far as the Lord's intervention in those things, I was completely clueless. Which is why this question to this day, kind of, I see it whenever you ask that question, that was kind of like a watershed moment for me in my own spirituality. Because what I found that he did at that moment whenever he asked that question and got me thinking, was that he exposed my life. And he kind of explained how I was on the road and showed me how I was on the road to being a Pharisee in today's gospel. If we look at today's gospel, we have two different types of people. We have the man born blind and the Pharisee. Now, the man born blind is seen, especially in kind of base Jewish theology, as a sinner. If you, it's kind of like our prosperity gospel these days. If you don't have money, God doesn't love you. Back then, if you didn't have health, God didn't love you. Somebody sinned and either it was you or it was your parents or somebody down the line. And you, got, you experienced the punishment. But what Jesus does is he goes out and he seeks this man born blind. The man born blind doesn't come to him. And whenever, the man born, whenever he finds the man born blind, he does something very, very carnal. He does something very, very, very flesh-oriented. Flesh what he does, he spits. Very few things more carnal than spit. He spits onto the ground, makes clay out of the dust, the thing that God made Adam out of, a kind of new creation, and smears it on his eyes to where it's undoubtable that this man is actually doing something to heal him of his blindness. And then tells him to go wash in the pool of Siloam. And it's at that moment that his eyes are open. Once he washes and he sees and the Pharisees come and they start condemning him. They start, they start beating him down. Why? Because he, Jesus did this on the Sabbath. That means he's a sinner, right? That means that he, he cannot possibly be from God. That means that ultimately it wasn't Jesus who did this. It was God, we suppose. But we don't really know. What we do know is that this man, Jesus, is a sinner. Because he violated a little tiny technicality in a law based off of our own understanding. What we have here is two different groups of people. 
And I would argue these two different groups of people do not just exist in ancient Israel 2,000 years ago, but they exist here in the Catholic Church, something that you and I are a part of. What we have in one corner is this man who had a real encounter with Christ, a man who felt Christ rub mud on his eyes. And then you have in the other corner a group of people who have no idea who Christ is but only know him through technicalities and rules. These Pharisees know God through the law. That's all. They have no other concept of him. But this man born blind knows the person of God. The Pharisees know what they study, but the man born blind knows what he sees. The Pharisees know in their heads, but the man born blind knows in the depths of his heart. These are two very strong distinctions, and I think it's distinctions that you and I can help us look at. Whenever I was in seminary, I found that the more and more I developed, the more and more I grew in my understanding of theology, the more and more I grew in my ways, the less and less I encountered the person of Christ, because I simply was not focused on that. Now listen, I'm not saying that we need to avoid theology, we need to tear down laws, and we need to you know, throw the Ten Commandments down on the ground and shatter them. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying, though, is that it's time that you and I start within the context of our Catholic church, within the context of our Catholic faith, start recognizing the movements of God going on in our hearts and going on in our lives. I would argue that that's why we have a wave of powerful retreats going on all across our diocese. It's the reason why so many people go to these go to Acts retreats. It's the reason why so many people go to Curcio, go to go to silent retreats. Also, not so that they can necessarily learn a bunch of theology, which I'm all about. I'm I'm very pro theology. Do not get me wrong there, but so they can learn how the Lord has actually moved in their lives, so they can actually start seeing the encounter of the person of Christ and start actually seeing how God is there for them. How he's not somebody in the sky, but he's somebody in the skin right here with us. How God actually was a person. Several years ago, right whenever I, before I entered seminary, I read this book called To to, Excuse Me, Not not to Save a Thousand Souls. I'll get this book. I got, you know, I messed this up at the 4 p.m. Mass too. Priest of the Third Millennium by Cardinal Dolan. Now, Cardinal Dolan was in, he told the story, he was sitting in his, in his church parish. He's sitting in his pew doing his holy hour. Now, he's, he's in New York at the time. So, I mean, you know, all bets are off. Like, you know, there's a lot of militant atheism in New York. And so this guy comes barging into the church, looks at the priest and says, how do you know God exists? Now, the cardinal, educated man, could have said, well, here's one of the five proofs of St. Thomas Aquinas. He could have said, you know what, this is Anselm's ontological argument written in the 900s. He could have even said, look, I'll go even more recently, Bernard Lonergan's understanding of the desire of the human mind, the desire to always learn, 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 and an infinite desire, so it means we need an infinite quenching of that desire. He could have gone in any one of these directions, but instead he said something else. He said, I know God exists because I know him. Because I know him. Whenever I did the spiritual exercises and I was praying 
four hours a day for 30 days in dead silence. I, I tell people it was one of the most amazing times of my life. But I was convinced, I looking back and reflecting, if there was no Lord, how could that have been an amazing time? How could that have been great? I'd have been staring at a gold box for hours and hours on end, and it would be nothing. It would have been pointless. But there was something about those 30 days or something about those spiritual exercises that made me know, and I know it's not empirical, I know I can't prove it through science, but made me realize that I knew the person of God. That God existed no matter what anybody else could say. And I feel like that's what we need to focus on. Is actually forming a real personal relationship with our Lord. Getting to know Him so that if we are challenged, our faith won't be phased. Because we already know him. And this can go very down and very deeply into just the heart of our basic conversation. How often do people come up to us and say, hey, what's been going on? And you mention, or you and I mention how often we just talk about our darkness. We talk about our hardships. We talk about our tragedies. Or, which is very common for a lot of us, myself included, we start worshiping at the altar of our own busyness. We start focusing on how much we have to do, how much, how much is on our to-do list, and we never, ever actually realize what life is all about. Guys, we're not on this earth to be factory workers in the machine of God. We're here to build his kingdom, and he's going to help us do it. We're not here to wear ourselves out with a bunch of drudgery and a bunch of boring stuff that ultimately means, mean, ultimately means nothing and only basically amounts to a bunch of busyness. We're called to work and act within the person of our Lord. We're called to allow him to help us heal us of our blindness and heal others. And that involves recognizing his movements in our lives. And so what the response to that question is, isn't I'm busy, isn't I got this going on, this going on. The response to the question of how is it going is to tell them or tell the person of all of your blessings. How the Lord has actually been moving. Where the Lord has healed your life. Where the Lord has been, has been benef- benefiting you. It's not about the darkness. The darkness doesn't exist. The darkness is a corruption of the good. It's about the good. It's about God at work. And so my challenge to all of us is to take a few moments. Actually really take a few minutes, maybe even a few hours to come to the, come to the Lord in prayer. To go over your life. And see where are those moments where the Lord actually worked. Where are those times whenever I saw the person of Christ? I mentioned earlier for me it was the 30-day sign retreat. It could be as simple as your wedding day. It could be as simple as, for me, it was my ordination day. Powerful, powerful moment. But there are millions and millions and millions of these moments within our lives that the Lord is working. But he wants us to realize what it is. He wants us to know in silence. So in case anybody ever comes up to you and asks you, what have you and God been up to? Be ready to answer. Be ready to tell him your blessings. Be ready to be like the man born blind. Recognizing how the Lord has been good to you. And not like a Pharisee. Always looking for something to nitpick.